Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we're reading Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45, and then through J.C. Rao's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer for yourself cleansing for what Moses commanded, for a proof to them. And he went out and began to talk freely about it, and to spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. This is the word of the Lord. We read in these verses how our Lord Jesus Christ healed a leper. Of all our Lord's miracles of healing, none were probably more marvelous than those performed on leprous people. Only two cases have been fully described in the gospel history. Of these two, the case before us is one. Let us try to realize in the first place the dreadful nature of the disease which Jesus cured. Leprosy is a complaint of which we know little or nothing of in our northern climate. In Bible lands, it is far more common. It is the disease which is utterly incurable. It is no mere skin disorder as some ignorantly suppose. It is a radical disease of the whole man. It attacks not merely the skin, but the blood, the flesh, and the bones, until the unhappy patient begins to lose his extremities and to rot by inches. Let us remember besides this that among the Jews, the leper was reckoned unclean and was cut off from the congregation of Israel and the ordinances of religion. He was obliged to dwell in a separate house. None might touch him or minister to him. Let us remember all this, and when we have some idea of the remarkable wretchedness of a leprous person. To use the words of Aaron, when he interceded for Miriam, he was as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed. Numbers 12.12 But is there nothing like leprosy among us? Yes, indeed there is. There is a foul soul disease which is ingrained into our very nature and cleaves to our bones and marrow with deadly force. That disease is the plague of sin. Like leprosy, it is a deep-seated disease infecting every part of our nature, heart, will, conscience, understanding, memory, and affections. Like leprosy, it makes us loathsome and abominable, unfit for the company of God, and unfit for the glory of heaven. Like leprosy, it is incurable by any earthly physician and is slowly but surely dragging us down to the second death. And worst of all, far worse than leprosy, is a disease from which no mortal man is exempt. We are all in God's sight as an unclean thing. Isaiah 46, 6. Do we know these things? Have we found them out? Have we discovered our own sinfulness, guilt, and corruption? 
Happy indeed is that person who has been really taught to feel that he is a miserable sinner and there is no health in him. Blessed indeed is he who has learned that he is a spiritual leper and a bad, wicked, sinful creature. To know our disease is one step towards a cure. It is the misery and the ruin of many souls that they never yet saw their sins and their need. Let us learn in the second place from these verses the wondrous and almighty power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are told that the unhappy leper came to our Lord, begging him and kneeling down and saying, If you will, you can make me clean. We are told that Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. At once the cure was effected. That very instant the deadly plague departed from the poor sufferer and he was healed. It was but a word and a touch, and there stands before our Lord not a leper, but a sound and healthy man. Who can conceive the greatness of the change of the feelings in this leper when he found himself healed? The morning sun rose upon him, a miserable being more dead than alive, his whole frame a mass of sores and corruption, and his very existence a burden. The evening sun saw him full of hope and joy, free from pain and fit for society of his fellow men. Surely the change must have been like life from the dead. Let us bless God that the Savior with whom we have to do is almighty. It is a cheering and comfortable thought that with Christ nothing is impossible. No heart disease is so deep-seated, but he is able to cure it. No plague of soul is so dangerous, but our great physician can heal it. Let us never despair of anyone's salvation so long as he lives. The worst of spiritual lepers may yet be cleansed. No cases of spiritual leprosy could have been worse than those of Manasseh, Saul, and Zacchaeus. Yet they were all cured. Jesus Christ made them whole. The chief of sinners may yet be brought near to God by the blood and the Spirit of Christ. Men are not lost because they are too bad to be saved, but because they will not come to Christ that he may save them. Let us learn in the last place from these verses that there is a time to be silent about the work of Christ as well as a time to speak. This is a truth which is taught to us in a remarkable way. We find our Lord strictly charging this man to tell no one of his cure, to say nothing to any man. We find this man in the warmth of his zeal disobeying this injunction and publishing and talking freely about his cure in every quarter. And we are told that the result was that Jesus could no more enter into the city, but stayed outside in desert places. There is a lesson in all this of deep importance, however difficult it may be to use it rightly. It is clear that there are times when our Lord would have us work for him quietly and silently, rather than attract public attention by a noisy zeal. There is a zeal which is not according to knowledge, as well as a zeal which is righteous and praiseworthy. Everything is beautiful in its season. Our master's cause may be on some occasions more advanced by quietness and patience than in the other way. We are not to give what is holy to dogs, nor cast our pearls before swine. By forgetfulness of this, we may even do more harm than good and hurt the very cause we want to assist. 
The subject is a delicate and difficult one, without doubt. Unquestionably, the majority of Christians are far more inclined to be silent about their glorious master than to confess him before men, and do not need the bridle so much as the spur. But still, it is undeniable that there is a time for all things, and to know the time should be one of great aim of the Christian. There are good men who have more zeal than discretion, and even help the enemy of truth by unseasonable acts and words. Let us all pray for the spirit of wisdom and of a sound mind. Let us seek daily to know the path of duty and to ask daily for discretion and good sense. Let us be bold as a lion in confessing Christ and not be afraid to speak of him before princes if need be. But let us never forget that wisdom helps one to succeed, Ecclesiastes 10.11. And let us beware of doing harm by an ill-directed zeal. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today. May the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for his glory. In considering what we've just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? Number one, do we know ourselves to be sinners or those who just make mistakes from time to time? The wrong diagnosis will mean no correct cure. Number two, do we have family members or friends we do not believe could be saved? Have we stopped praying for them? Might we need to remember the words, with God, all things are possible, and press on? And number three, are we inclined to be silent or outspoken about our Lord? Are we aware of times when one may be called for than the other? What does this present time, or even a particular situation, call for?